What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 285th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. My name is SPJ. Will is also here. Hello. Hi. How is DC? How is the weather? It is very hot and humid, which unfortunately has become pretty typical for early October around here. So very unpleasant. I went for a 5k this morning and i was just like drenched in sweat when i was done Ooh. al how's the weather in europe <laughs> all over europe it is <laughs> drich is that a word uh, yes yeah i i just as i said that i realized it was a mistake i'm sorry can we <laughs> <laughs> wait wait wait, wait. That, wait, wait that's, that's the code you use to get the mega stones right drich <laughs> drich uh, it's a Scots word uh, that means kind of cloudy, maybe a little bit rainy, but it's not <laughs> not stormy or anything. There's like four people from Scotland that was like, that's their dude. He said the word. And then everyone else is like, we have no clue what that meant. That's our, our four Scottish listeners. Unfortunately, Al was one of them. So technically, it's three people in Scotland. Wait, wait, wait. I still listen to the podcast. Yeah. You got to. Yeah, but you're here. You're not going to get excited about a word that you yourself spoke. You're not me. I think I think you'll find I am. <laughs> you, you are me? Wait a uh, minute. No, I, now I'm, I'm really confused. But I, th- I think we should move on from this bit. <laughs> I love this bit. All right. We got a... Uh, there was some Pokemon news that happened. We have a little bit of Pokemon Go news. We have some Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon news. We have some movie news and i think that's it oh and and we have some shining legends news so let's uh let's start off with that actually right into news shining legends the latest expansion for the pokemon trading card game is now available at stores everywhere with over 70 cards shining legends features not only shining pokemon but also legendary and mythical pokemon from across pokemon's history For the first time in many years, the Pokemon TCG players will have a chance to collect Shining Pokemon, including Shining Jirachi and Shining Volcanion. These two rare Pokemon will be joined in Shining Legends by a host of other mythical and legendary Pokemon such as Shaman, Marshadow, and Mewtwo GX. This is a really, like, interesting set because there aren't actually booster packs for it. The only way to get... Well, okay, there are booster packs, but you can't buy them solo. You can only buy them in box sets, which is weird. How many in a box? Well, if you get the Shining Legends Elite Trainer Box, you get 10, and that's a $50 box. Is that 100 cards? Yeah, that's 100 cards, I guess. So there's <sighs> the if you don't know what an Elite Trainer Box is, they're actually really... They do one Elite Trainer Box a set. They're really great for people just getting into the game. So in the, they're all slightly different, but most of the time they have most of these items. I don't remember them ever costing fifty dollars. I thought they were forty. I thought they were always thirty-five. About thirty to forty, yeah. They usually come with eight booster packs, not ten. Uh, so I think that's what's changing the price. Also, I think. Well, here, let me just read what's in the Shining Legends bo- trainer box. Ten pa- booster packs for Shining Legends. A never-before-seen foil promo card featuring Shining Ho-Oh, which I think is different. I don't think most Elite Trainer Boxes have, like, one specific promo card. 65 card sleeves featuring Ho-Oh. 45 Pokemon TCG energy cards. The sleeves and the energy cards are usually in all these Elite Trainer Boxes. 
a player's guide to the special Shining Legends expansion. That's just like a book that tells you what cards are in the set. Six damage counter dice. That normally comes with it. One legal coin flip die. That normally comes with it. Two acrylic condition markers and one acrylic GX marker. So that's your poison and your burn markers. A collector's box to hold everything with four dividers. That normally comes with it, although it's usually two dividers. And a code card for the Pokemon trading card game online. Well, I'm a big fan of the Elite Trainer boxes, even though I haven't played the TCG in a long time. Every time I see one in a store, I want to get it because of, literally because of the flipper and the damage counter dice. They're all like special for each set, and I love them. Yeah, they're like I said, they're a really great way to get into the trading card game. And you get so a box this, to store your cards, which is great. Yeah. Is this Shining Treasures set, is it similar to... I mean, <laughs> Shining, Sh- Le- Shining Legends. Legends. <laughs> is it similar to Legendary Treasures where it's like new art reprints of cards from previous sets? Or are they all new abilities and everything, new attacks on the cards? I believe... The- I'm not 100% sure, but I'm looking... Th- I-, I bought three booster packs. I bought a smaller box. So they have the Shining Legends Elite Trainer box. They have the Shining Legends Pin Collection Pikachu. And they have the Shining Legends Pin Collection Mewtwo. And so the pin collections come with three booster packs. They come with a collector's pin. They come with one specific card. So either Mewtwo or Pikachu. So I bought that. That was $17.99. Which is way more than three booster packs normally talk. So I'm looking through the cards here. And... I think there are reprints. I don't think any of these are new new because I remember I see a Gollet and a Golurk and I remember those being in existing sets. Pretty sure I'm pretty confident this Float Soul is in specific sets that existed. Yeah. Are they all shiny? No. I got a Venusaur with the ability jun- Jungle Totem. I'm pretty sure that's a reprint. I got a Catcher. That's definitely a reprint. It's been a reprint for like 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Does it does it have the coin flip listed on it? Uh yeah, yeah. It has coin flip. Yeah. Uh the one card I did get is I got Pokemon Breeder Full Art, which is the only full art trainer in the set. And I think it's the only like new trainer as well. That was pretty cool. So now I have a full art Pokemon Breeder and I have full art Guzma that Irene pulled like two weeks ago. Guzma, Guzma, I don't know how people are saying it. I think it's Guzma. Guzma is fine. Coming uh, at the end of October is going to be a Shining Legends Super Premium Collection featuring Ho-Oh. Super Premium Collection, Will. Well, I tell you, I'd probably buy a box just because I, I do love the Elite Trainer boxes, but I'm currently saving for a case of Vanguard cards that's going to come out on December 1st, so I have no extra money to spend on anything at all. Yeah, Zero. I feel you. But yeah, if- that case of Vanguard cards is going to cost me $800. Oh my gosh. You could but buy I gotta it. have it. I don't know about that. I'll just run through this real quick. Shining Legends Super Premium Collection featuring Ho-Oh. I'm pretty sure this is $80. Legends collides as Ho-Oh, Lugia, and Celebi join forces in this fabulous collection, which features a huge swath of Pokemon TCG, Shining Legends booster packs, and so much more. This comes with an amazing sculpture fi- figure of the legendary Pokemon Ho-Oh. A full art rainbow promo featuring Ho-Oh. Two never-before-seen promo cards featuring Shining Lugia and Shining Celebi. A promo card featuring Pikachu. Ten booster packs for Shining Legends. A playmat featuring nine Shining Pokemon. 
a special booklet with behind-the-scenes art, three collector boxes to hold everything, and 12 dividers to keep them organized, and a code card for the Pokemon trading card game online. It's a pretty big box. I'm sure it's pretty expensive, too. Uh, There's also a Shining Legends Zorark GX box. There is a Shining Legends collector's chest, which is just a lunchbox. And I think there is a Raichu box as well. So you can't get these booster packs separately. But yeah, that that exists now. I think the good card from the set is Zorark GX because it has an ability to copy anyone's moves. As Zorarks, you know, typically do for (laughs) ever ever since, uh, what was it? Dark, oh, what was that Dark Explorers. Dark Explorers Zorark had that where it was like, copy your opponent's move. Yeah, it's really good. Al's been quiet. I wanted to ask our international podcaster here. Uh, is there a any TCG scene in Scotland, whether that's Magic or Yu-Gi-Oh? No one plays Yu-Gi-Oh or Pokemon. Is there anything that you know of? Yeah, yeah, no there there are there are some uh, leagues and stuff that I know of. Certainly in the the near area, um, there are Pokemon ones. Um, I'm not sure if there are other ones. I think there's a possibly a Magic one, but I'm not 100 percent sure about that. Um, I mean, my problem with all these these things is just the amount of money that you have to put into them. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's real dumb. <laughs> it's it's utterly ridiculous. Um, and on top of that, it's not it's not even like the that it's just you have to keep buying because of uh, the power creep. But it's the fact that actually the tournaments only allow you the last what is it eighteen months or so uh, worth of cards. So it's literally built into the rules of the tournament that you have to keep buying new cards. Yeah, there's expanded now, which is, I think, the last four years of cards. And I'm pretty sure most expanded players are not using really anything from the Sun and Moon stuff. I'm not 100% sure. I think Darkrai is really big, but they're using older Darkrai's. Anyway, that's a whole other topic. This is a dumb question for you, Al. I know that there's Pokemon cards in, like, German, and there's Pokemon cards in other languages, of course. Are you about to ask if there are Pokemon cards in Scots? No, I was going to ask if you guys used the English Pokemon cards, or you guys used, like, the German Pokemon cards, because German Germany just happens to be closer to you. Than England? England gets the same cards as we get, don't they? I don't think... Well, exactly, that's my point. And, yeah. and England's, in the, England's closer than Germany is. Like, it's in the way. You do realize that Scotland is England's hat, right? No, no, I mean, but, like, <laughs> that whole area is way more cultured than America. So I would I would find it more likely for there to be people using cards not in English. No. No, I think the only... I, I have a couple of Japanese cards, and I've got the, the uh, ancient Mew that was in some nondescript language. Uh, everything else is in English. I don't even. I think the tournaments you have to use the English cards here as well. What are the other languages for the TCG? They have a lot of them. I know they got Italian. Yeah, Italian. What's what's the country in between all of them? Is that Switzerland? Netherlands? Netherlands. I mean, Switzerland, Switzerland speaks not the a bunch of different languages. Yeah, yeah, Switzerland speaks way more languages. But they don't. There's no like Swiss. That 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 is not a language. Yeah, the the main languages would be Swiss French, Swiss French, and Swiss. Oh, that is really hard to say. Okay, Swiss, Swiss French and Swiss German. They also speak some Italian in in Switzerland. Well, this is off uh, the Pokemon database, so they're they're I trust I trust them as a resource here. 
Canada is allowed to use English and French cards. Mexico is allowed to use English and Spanish cards. South America is allowed to use English, Spanish, and Portuguese cards. Uh, United States, Asia, Pacific, and South Africa are only allowed to use English cards. That's weird. Uh, and Europe is allowed to use English, French, German, Italian, Spanish, and Portuguese cards. So my question wasn't that far off. Europe can literally use any language except Japanese. So, so the regulations are continent-wide then. They're not on a country basis. So I could take yeah. some German cards to my tournament in Edinburgh, despite the fact that no one would be able to read it. Yeah, well, I mean, you go by the picture. But it was an issue, I know, when Tropical Beach was the big thing because it was much easier for people in Europe to play Tropical Beach because they could get it in any language, where in the United States, we had to all, like, compete to get the very few English-language Tropical Beaches that were out there. Don't get me started on how dumb that rule was because an English Tropical Beach at the time was $120 and I needed three for my deck and a Portuguese Tropical Beach was like $40. $360 versus $120 for a card, for three cards for one specific deck for one tournament. And everyone knows what Tropical Beach does or they did at the time. I do remember that. That's That was really frustrating. And I don't think that card ever got a reprint or anything. Yeah, I don't think so. I know it's still legal and expanded. I wonder how much it costs. We should move on, though. But uh, Europe gets gets the variety here. We should send Al like a Portuguese deck and send him to a tournament in in Scotland and have him report back. <laughs> see, see what happens. See if people complain or not. Speaking of complaining, Pokemon Go is a thing. <laughs> Um, best segue ever just a, just an update here to pokemon go it's uh there was an update that just came out this weekend there were some significant changes i'll just run through the bullet list here a confirmation dialogue now appears when attempting to transfer a costume pokemon costume pokemon can no longer be mass transferred resolve the bug containing occasional network errors while battling in gyms Resolved a bug causing raid battle lobbies to display the incorrect number of trainers prepping for battle. Resolved a bug containing Pokemon select, selected in the raid battle to reset after clicking the item button. Resolved a bug where some curveballs weren't registering properly. And finally, various bug fixes and performance updates. No minor text fixes? No minor text fixes, unfortunately. In before you. <laughs> So I've I've experienced most of these issues. Uh, network errors where battling. I've had that. Displaying the correct incorrect number of trainers in battle during a raid. I've had that. Uh, resetting your Pokemon after clicking the item button. I definitely had that. Curveballs not registering. I've had that. I think those are all fine. I think most people that are still playing Pokemon Go have experienced all those issues. Uh, the ones that I think are interesting are the fact that they refer to the Pikachus with different hats as costume Pokemon. I don't think that's like a huge deal. I just think it's interesting that that's the word choice they decided to use. Are you talking about the fact that they said Pokemon rather than Pikachu? Because remember, they've got Raichu and Pichu as well. Yes, the costume Pokemon. I feel like if this was the main series games and they gave, well, they are giving away Ash Hat Pikachu in the main series games. They call, I think, I feel like they almost call those always event Pokemon or special Pokemon. Yeah, true, true. Well, sure, but this is the in in the main series games you have forms, which is a very common thing with different Pokemon to have them in different 
ways. But in Pokemon Go, apart from the Pikachus and the Raichus and Pichus, there hasn't been anything else of that type. So I think it's more a case of, yes, this is clearly just a thing that they've designed it as. So it's kind of like the Pokemon Go version of forms. But they never I guess they never really referred to forms in the main series games. It's it's like it's it's just the I think the word choice is interesting because there are specific terms that Pokemon doesn't like to ever say. Like they never say the word generation one or generation two. They never say that. They always say like this is Johto, this is Kanto. They don't use the word Ultra Beast with the word Pokemon with the exception of that trailer, which was really weird. I'm assuming that Niantic wasn't the person that decided to use the word costumed that had to have come from the Pokemon company because they're so controlling of their words. But I think that also implies what Al said is hopefully we get something other than Pikachu in a costume. I know like Reddit was like, we should get Squirtle with glasses because that's like the anime and we don't know anything besides the first 150 Pokemon. But you've got you've got to think that there's a, a team of people who are thinking up these sorts of ideas and whether or not they all come to fruition, they will all still be they will have developed in a, it in a way to make it easy to add those things in if they wish. So there will obviously be someone who will be like, oh yeah, we need a Squirtle with glasses on. And they might be, they might never actually do that. But to allow them to do that, they will have developed it in a way that it's not, this is a special Pikachu. It's a, this is a Pikachu with a costume. And that's just the way they decided to develop it in Pokemon Go, as opposed to the forms in the main series games. I think the term event Pokemon has become very tightly linked to uh, distributions, like where you get distributions of mythical Pokemon or other distributions as part of an event. I mean, no, that's called an event Pokemon, as opposed to what happens with Pokemon Go, where you get a special type of Pokemon as part of an event, you know, the Christmas Pokemon Go series or, you know, the... One year. Whatever. It's it's just it's not a distribution. You still have to catch it, right? So there's a kind of a differentiation. You're right there. I am a fan of the different types of Pikachu's. I think they're fun to collect. I think that when they exist in the world, it is very exciting for me to go out and find that specific Pokemon. As somebody who has a complete poke a complete regional Pokedex, here's a Pikachu with a special hat. Yeah, it's another Pikachu, but it's still a new Pokemon that I don't have. Uh, so that's exciting. And, you know, if they decide to put glasses on Squirtle or if they decide that, you know, you go out in the world and you find a Rowlet who happens to be in a backpack, that would be really cool, too. This is also Pokemon Go related, uh, but this is off the Pokemon's website. There's a couple things here to celebrate Halloween. Uh, beware Pokemon's spooky Halloween roundup. We've collected all the Pokemon tricks and treats to help you celebrate Halloween in one place. October is here. That means one thing. It is time to start gearing up for Halloween to celebrate this spooky season. We've gathered together all the frightful fun that we've been working hard to bring you. Where will you go first? Make your choices and prepare for a hauntingly good time. Goodies in Pokemon Go. Ghostly goodies in Pokemon Go. Sorry. I forgot the spook there. The Halloween season is a special time for Pokemon Go. Plenty of good stuff is coming to the game late later this October, and we can't wait to get out to see what sort of es- excitement we can scare up while catching new Pokemon to fill our Pokedex. Stay tuned for details about the Pokemon Go event coming soon. We'll get back to that. Thrills and chills on Pokemon TV. 
What is a better way to enjoy all your Halloween candy than plopping down on a comfy seat and watching a few episodes of the Pokemon the series? To celebrate the season, we compiled two special episode collections. One that journeys into the haunted houses to deliver plenty of scares, and the other that digs into all the Pokemon's favorite treats. Petrifying Pokemon Pumpkins. Carving Carving pumpkins is a popular Halloween tradition, so why not make your gourds a little more exciting with the addition of pokemon these awesome stencils will help you will help guide you to having the coolest jack-o'-lanterns on the box just download the images below featuring Mimikyu, alolan meowth rowlet litten Poplio, and more get the mysterious marshadow the mythical pokemon marshadow is coming to pokemon sun and pokemon moon if you want to catch this rare pokemon for your pokedex you'll need to take advantage of this special distribution don't miss your chance of getting Marshadow added to your party. And finally, Seasonal Pokemon Center. If you are not, you're not the only one who loves celebrating Halloween based on the latest goodies to arrive at the Pokemon Center. Pokemon, enjoy getting in on the festivities as well. Check out the new plushes and various Pokemon dress up in the creepiest costumes. Visit PokemonCenter.com today. So no instructions on how to get Marshadow, just it's coming. <laughs> I pulled that up. Uh, to get the newly discovered mythical Pokemon, stop at your participating GameStop store from October 9th through October 23rd to get your code to unlock Marshadow in the game. It's level 50 ability technician holding a Marshadium Z will know the moves spe- Spectral Thief, Close Combat, Force Palm, and Shadow Ball. So that is uh, starting tomorrow? Starting tomorrow. When this podcast is up, you should be able to get Marshadow. I like how all the Pokemon in Halloween costumes are in Halloween costumes, except for Mimikyu. He's just Mimikyu. Well, that's because Mimikyu's already in a costume. In, yes, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's very true. Uh, Rowlet's not in a costume. I mean, Rowlet oh, has no, like... Oh, no, no, there's no. There's a Mimikyu as a scarecrow. There you go. I was wrong. Yeah, but most Pokemon in this picture are dressed up as other Pokemon, which I think is great. Except Rowlet and Poplio are not dressed up, and Mimikyu. Also, Letwick oh, is I'm not on, dressed I'm up. I'm on PokemonCenter.com. I'm oh, looking okay. at the actual Halloween okay. merchandise. Do you want to talk about uh, this Pokemon Go thing? Uh, I'll reread what it says here. Plenty of good stuff coming to the game later on this October, and we can't wait to get out and about to see what sorts of new excitement... We can scare up while catching new Pokemon to fill our Pokedex. I don't... I don't think that's Gen 3. I think what they're saying is new Pokemon that you might not have seen, and they're also assuming that most people haven't completed their Pokedex. That is my takeaway from that. I would agree with that because I've started seeing different Pokemons spawning in my neighborhood. Uh, I think they just rotated Pokemon nests like a week ago, so that's probably true. But what they did for last Halloween is they increased ghost spawns, so there was it was easier to get more Ghastlies and Haunters and I'm assuming Misdrevious this time around. I think Misdrevious is the only ghost Pokemon in Gen 2. Correct. I guess they could increase Zubats and, and Golbats, I suppose. Those are spooky. Well, I mean, we'll have to only time will tell or a press release, one or the other. <laughs> I mean, I'd be cool with Gen 3. That's for sure. But I don't I don't know. I'm I wouldn't be surprised if it was a little bit later on because certainly from last year this period of time was quite busy with events, the Halloween event, the Christmas event. So I wouldn't be surprised if they 
waited till next year because the beginning of a year tends to be quite quiet. Yeah, that's true. The worst thing they could do at this point is release Gen 3 around the same time as Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. There, uh, there is absolutely a crossover of Ultra Sun, of Pokemon main game players and Pokemon Go players. There's 100% a crossover. There is also your extremes of these people only play Pokemon Go and these people only play the main series game. And you would think the more Pokemon, the merrier. But that is a stressful time for like a lot of people because not only does November release a ton of games normally i think like call of duty comes out in november there's a whole bunch of other games that are coming out i know it's not november but the mario odyssey comes out at the end of october to be like here's a brand new pokemon game and here's a hundred plus new pokemon in pokemon go not everyone has that much free time to like tackle both they could do something like what they did last year and i can't remember when it was but they released the gen 2 babies before all the other Pokemon. So they could yeah. do like a limited Pokemon release for Gen 3. They could do just Gen 3 Ghost Pokemon. I think that would be really cool. I don't know what Gen 3 Ghost Pokemon there are off the top of my head. Duskull? Shameful. Sheninja? That's Ghost, but I guess that would... Sheninja? <laughs> yeah. Sheninja, Sableye, Shuppet and Banet, Duskull, and Dusclops. Okay. Not so- that much. But there's still more than Gen 2. Gen 2 has one ghost Pokemon. (laughs) Correct. So if they were to release just Gen 3 ghost Pokemon and then increase the spawns for Gen 1 and Gen 2 ghost Pokemon, that would be pretty cool, I think. Also, I can see them... I could see them increasing unknown spawns for Generation 3. Or not Generation 3, for the Halloween event. Because that is, quote-unquote, new Pokemon that you've never seen before. Unknown being the rarest Pokemon in the game. And they have been announcing on my local Discord and Facebook pages like when the Unknowns spawn around the neighborhoods around here. And yeah, Wait, you, you see... actually get some of them? What do you mean? I don't think I've seen an Unknown in my entire time. Well, they have been showing up around DC lately. Also, regarding Unknown, remember there's the two other forms that were Gen 3. I don't think we had those two in Pokemon Go yet, the exclamation no. mark and the question mark. Yes, but they were featured in that poster for Pokemon Go Fest. Yes. Let's switch gears here. Uh, this is what I've, I've been most excited to talk about for the podcast. Uh, it is the Pokemon movie, the final trailer for I Choose You, which is coming out November, what is that, Will, November 8th and 9th? Pretty sure it's, it's November 5th and 4th and 6th. 4th and 5th. When I'm going to be in Hawaii. That's why I knew you would know, because you, would, you were going to be in Hawaii. Well, I'm going to be in Hawaii for a week, so that's a very indeterminate period of time. Uh, Will and Al, did you watch this trailer? Uh, I watched it. It made me cry, and I was walking my dog, and I felt like a fool. You watch trailers when you're walking your dog? What else are you going to do when you walk your dog? <laughs> Listen to podcasts, obviously. Yeah, pay attention I, I, to the traffic, the road. I'm not on the road. I'm on the sidewalk and I'm usually reading Twitter. And then if somebody posts, oh, look, there's a trailer for this movie, then I click the button and watch the trailer. I, I definitely watched it and I'm very excited. I've got my tickets booked for the showing. I have my tickets booked. Will, did you find a, a theater in Hawaii that's showing it? 
Well, I'm still on the lookout. The The Dole Cannery is showing it, but that's about 20 minutes from my hotel. So I'm hoping somebody in Hawaii can give me a recommendation on a theater that's closer to like Waikiki or Honolulu to where I can see it. That's also going to be a good quality theater. I mean, 20 minutes is not far. Yeah, it so is when you don't have a car. You Uber. I know you guys a 20 minute Uber love ride? to... Go ahead, Al. <laughs> sorry, I was, sorry, I was just going to say, I know you guys love to mock how... Uh, out in the wilderness you think that I live. Um, but I should note that there's only one cinema in the whole of Scotland that's showing this film. Did it Did it already? <laughs> that's, oh man, how far away is it? Is it 20 minutes? <laughs> it's not 20 minutes, but it's about an hour. Well, it's, it's, it's right next to Loch Ness, so obviously it's six hours away. <laughs> oh, not this again. Al has to take a plane to get there. <laughs> plane, that's funny. What are planes? Okay, this trailer made me really emotional. This trailer's so good. If if you are a Pokemon fan, which I'm assuming you are because you're listening to this podcast, and you watch this trailer and you don't get like a little bit of like that feeling of excitement or joy or I, I don't know, maybe it's because I was the target market at the time when the anime came out. I was 10 years old. The anime was like, this is a 10-year-old boy. Got Pikachu going through this adventure and the and like kind of like seeing that recreated again with the music and like e- this is easily the best trailer for a movie that Pokemon has ever put out and I don't think it's just because it's remaking not remaking but reimagining the first couple episodes I think it's just because of how how it's just set up and the music and how it goes I don't know well what are, what are, what were your thoughts? You said you also said that you got emotional. Uh, yes, I did. But for I, I think completely the opposite of you. I think they carefully selected scenes that reminded me of early episodes that were like, oh, I remember when that happened. And now it's in so much better quality. And it makes me even more like sad because they had like Pikachu all torn up from the Feroes or whatever that had attacked and then they had Butterfree going away. And I mean, what more do you need at that point? <laughs> I think it highlights one of the issues that a lot of people have with the anime. That you feel like Ash is not advancing. He's not really improving. The beginning of every series, they tend to be quite rubbish again. He forgets how to catch Pokemon, how to battle. But then you look at this trailer and... You know, the first couple of seconds is you're reminded of the fact that Ash and P- Pikachu did not like Ash at the beginning. He didn't like the idea of having a trainer. And you just then look at one of the more modern episodes and you go, actually, their bond is incredibly strong now. And so it shows you there has been a whole lot of progress since the, the very beginning. Yeah, that's an excellent point. I remember watching just an episode last week with Irene and... Ash always like anytime Ash meets somebody new, like in this case meeting uh Hala, he's always like, This is my buddy Pikachu. And he does that every time you meet somebody, but like you just take that as a given. And this trailer kind of reminds you of like everything that Ash and Pikachu went through up to this point, which is I don't know, I think it's great. I know a lot of people don't care about the anime, but can't I am just so excited for this movie. I can't like I can watch this trailer over and over again. There's only one thing I really, really need to see in this movie. I hope they include it. I, I will be brokenhearted if they don't include it. And it is Pikachu crying over a bottle of broken ketchup. <laughs> if I don't see that, I will demand my money back. 
Uh, <laughs> so the first 38 seconds is Ash getting Pikachu, Pikachu hating Ash, uh, the Spearows attacking, uh, and then Pikachu thunderbolting the Spearows, and then that's this is where we get the split. The the split that starts is at the 38 second mark. Ash lo- looks up and sees Ho Oh, and Ho Oh drops the rainbow feather, and Ash says like One day we're gonna meet that Pokemon. At this point in the trailer slash I'm assuming in the movie is where you know Pikachu and Ash they start to develop that friendship and then we get this huge mountain scene uh, that we've never seen before which is Ash standing with those two new trainers uh, one having a Lucario and one having a Piplup I think so then they talk about the rainbow ring and how it will guide you to Ho-Oh it goes back uh, we see Ash catching Charmander which again is like a lot more feels because Charmander, because Charizard is the Pokemon that in the anime has a lot of character. Like Pikachu, Charizard is one of the more in-depth characters where Charizard didn't like Ash, thought he was better than Ash, didn't listen to Ash. And then that develops over time, even to like the Entai movie where... Ash is in trouble and Ash doesn't have Charizard and then Charizard shows up and helps out Ash like that is so cool and hopefully we get something like that here and we well, don't, there, you don't, but you there's don't... also the the character arc of Ash saving the original Charmeleon which had been left out on a rock in the rain and like Charmander almost died. yeah Charmander out in the or, rain Charmander yes and and like that whole character arc all the way through you know, the teenage years of Charizard getting like, oh, I'm too good to listen to you. And then the, how that situation resolved and everything. How are they going to fit all this into a, mu- a movie? <laughs> I'm assuming everything they show in the first minute of this trailer happens pretty fast. Because the, the, the last 30 seconds of this trailer, this is and this is what I want to talk about. I don't like I have no clue how this movie is supposed to go because we see that. We know for sure that the Spiro scene happens. We know for sure that the Rainbow Feather drops. We know that Ash gets Charmander. We know at some point Ash gets Butterfree too. And then you watch the last 30 seconds of this trailer and it is just mythical after legendary after mythical after legendary Pokemon that they show. They show a quick battle of, I don't know, this dude. He has a really good voice though and he has an Incineroar, which is just amazing. So we're going to see Ash battle uh, an Incineroar, which I think is super exciting. We see Xerneas in this trailer. We see the legendary Pokemon Farfetch in this trailer. We see Entai in this trailer. We see Ash riding, riding on a Pidgeot. We see a- uh, Pikachu battling Marshadow. I don't know how the, all these Pokemon fit in to this movie. Do we have any confirmation that it's actually a split timeline? Or is it possibly that this has happened sometime in between seasons that we've not seen. Because if you think about it this way, we have multiple Pokemon that we know Ash got on his original journey. We know that he gets Butterfree, we know that he gets Charmander. I'm assuming the Pidgeot that he's on is his Pidgeot. Are these different Pokemon from what he originally got because he decided to go a different way at the beginning and not go get his badges? Or is he doing the same journey that he was and then at some point he decides to go and get Ho- and find Ho after he's done a certain amount of his Kanto journey, whatever that is. And actually, it's the same Pokemon. So do we actually have confirmation that it's a split timeline? Or is this just what we've been assuming based on the little bits and pieces we've got? I'm going to say split timeline with the same Pokemon. It's just his motivation is different. 
Right, and also so when, he when was he thinking... was with Brock and Misty when he got Charmander, and he was at least with Misty when he got Metapod, or Caterpie, Metapod, Butterfree. Well, sure, but there's a lot we're not seeing in the trailer. Yeah, but we know from the Japanese showing that Brock and Misty aren't in this at all. Oh yeah, I forgot it was already <laughs> in Japan. And I've I've, I've <laughs> stayed away though. from most of the Japan stuff because I I want I want to go into this movie pretty fresh. Yeah, I feel like we're going to have to ignore the, the, the Slack podcast channel if we're going to go into this clean after this discussion. <laughs> Everyone's going to be telling us all the plot points. Don't tell us the plot points. Man, I'm just so excited for this movie. I could watch this trailer over and over again. I feel like I should play devil's advocate a little bit because we all seem a bit too positive on the film. <laughs> Why do they have to change my original Pokemon story? Why can't we just have Misty and Brock? Why can't we have Ash's original journey? There we go. Um, but the thing is, those things still exist in the original cartoon that you can get for two hundred dollars in a complete nineteen <laughs> disc set. They're not going anywhere. It's not like Star Trek that hasn't been erased from history. So it's it's just a different telling of a different tale, and that's I think what we're learning over time with Pokemon is as they reveal more and more that we're looking at different universes. So you can have different things happen in different universes, and it doesn't negate the fact that the original story and universe existed. It's just this is this is a different story, and Ash is going to meet Ho-Oh and be like, hey, dude, and Ho-Oh is going to be like, yeah, what's up, bud? And there you go. Movie ends. <laughs> I, I like the devil advocate's question here. The people who are probably so gun-ho about Brock and Misty, those are probably... The same people who would watch this movie and go, well, that didn't happen in the TV show, or they cut out this, and they didn't do this, and this was better told in the TV show, when when Will is right, they're not taking the TV show away from you. If you want Brock and Misty, Netflix is your friend when it comes to that, Pokemon TV is your friend when it comes to that, like, there are, there are ways to watch that uh, old stuff. And the only reason I bring that up is because I remember when they, like, they, any, any book to movie, this happens. Where, like, Harry Potter is a good example. You watch the first Harry Potter movie and you're like, they missed this, this, and this from the book. And I felt like this, this, and this from the book are really important. Why didn't the movie tackle that? And they and they did that for the Chambers of Secrets. And they did that of Prisoner of Azkaban. Where every time I walked away from those movies, and I, I'm saying that because I watched those movies as a kid. And I was a huge Harry Potter fan. I always walked away feeling, like, bitter of, hey, this was my favorite part of the Harry Potter book. And they didn't tackle that in the movie. And that doesn't make sense because I felt like this part to me in the book was really important. Why didn't they do that in the movie? And so I feel like people would bring that... The people who are complaining about Ash and... or Sorry, about Misty and Brock missing, they would watch the movie and go, why didn't they tackle that? Because this was an important part in the show. Why didn't they put that in the movie? Where instead, those people are now complaining because Brock and Misty are not in the movie. But I do think that gives Pokemon way more freedom to tell a vastly different story without having that thought in the back of their head of what's important and what's not important to the original story that we should keep in, but we're also limited of trying to tell this entirely new story in 90 minutes. Well, we're also 20 years in the future, so what was good and fun back 20 years ago as a good story it's not the same and you know what would be interesting is if they did a plain animation of exactly the same story over again if it would sell or if people would say wow this is real boring i mean it's the same thing with like them redoing 
Star Wars and like changing a couple things in Star Wars of where no one wants to buy the director's cut, they want the original, or Final Fantasy VII. Are they remaking Final Fantasy VII word for word or badly translated language, or are they actually going to go in and slightly change the text and slightly change a couple things about how that story is told? It's such a fine line of there are people that are looking forward to that game that want it to be a hundred percent exactly the same. And then there are people that do want it to be updated, but Hey, if you update it this way, you're not being true to the original. You can't really win in any of these situations with everyone. You're not going to satisfy a hundred percent of the audience when you go back and touch something that people remember. Can you imagine if they had re-released red and blue and green and just the only change that they made was they took out youngster joey there would have been like <laughs> riots in the streets they they did say final trailer for this so i don't uh we're probably not going to get anything else for the next couple weeks i think if you haven't if you're listening to this podcast we just spent like 20 minutes talking about it if you haven't seen the trailer please do even if you're not an anime fan i, w- I this is what i want because i try to respond to everyone on twitter if you are, if you were prior to the show not planning on not seeing the movie, I would, and you watch this trailer, I would love to hear your thoughts about it, good or bad, or in Slack. I would, uh, in the, I think we have an anime channel, so we'll we'll stick it, we'll stick it in there in the anime channel. I want to know what people's thoughts on the trailer are. I don't want to know any spoilers. If you already read the synopsis of you know what happens in Japan, I don't want to hear that. I just want to hear your specific thoughts on the trailer. If you are an anime fan. Oh, the Pokemon anime? Or if you're not, I I am really curious what people think about this because Pokemon movies have always been kind of bad and this is the first time I've, in a very, 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 very long time, I've watched something related to Pokemon animation that I felt really passionate about because I think this trailer is just amazing. Are you trying to say that the original Pokemon film was bad? Because that that really tugged at my heartstrings. That was that was a real that was a good film. I don't think it holds up. Like if they were to read if they were to redo that movie, they need to make some significant changes. I remember walking away from that. This is going down a whole road. I remember walking away from that movie and being upset because Mew and Mewtwo didn't actually have a battle, which is what the trailer at the time sold the movie as of like the ultimate Pokemon battle between these two really strong Pokemon, and they actually don't have a battle, which is frustrating, but Ash getting turned to stone and Pikachu crying, and then Ash coming back to life, yes, that absolutely pulled on my heartstrings, but I feel like now Ash gets turned to stone and Pikachu cries. Uh, I feel like that happens in every single movie. <laughs> well, I just I just love that one because I can, I can quote Mewtwo to normal people and they'll think it's a good quote. Oh yeah, Mewtwo does have some real good quotes. We got to talk about Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, but what I want to do is, oh, also just to mention on the movie, moviegoers will have a chance to receive a never-before-seen TCG card featuring Ash's Pikachu wearing a trainer heart as they see the film. They will also receive a QR code for unlocking Ash's Pikachu in the highly anticipated Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon launching on November 17th uh, for the, the Nintendo 3DS family of systems. Pokemon TCG Codes and QR codes are available while supplies last. Qualities are limited. That's cool. You get uh, you get a TCG code and a TCG card and a QR code for the video games. 
But we got some Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon stuff to talk about, so we'll take a quick break. When we come back from our break, we're going to talk about that, and then we'll do a couple emails and our Pokemon of the week. So we will be right back. Nope. 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 Kind of close. Nope. 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 No. 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 You guys are close. No, 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 way in the back. No, 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 way in the back. Yes, got it. And we are back from our break. Let's talk about some ultra beasts. There's a new trailer for Sun and Moon. I have the press release somewhere here. Here we go. Okay. In Pokemon Sun and Moon, Ultra Wormholes were strange pockets of space that mysteriously appeared throughout the Alola region and were shrouded in mystery. In Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, these Ultra Wormholes return and players can ride on legendary Pokemon Solgaleo and Lunala to travel through them to reach various worlds that lie beyond. Players can visit many different locations to see these ultra wormholes, including Ultra Megalopolis. The world of Ultra Megalopolis is a place that had its light stolen by Necrozma. Within this world, a mysterious tower-like building shines with brilliant lights, but whatever awaits at the top of the structure is currently unknown. In Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, players will meet the Ultra Recon Squad, Recon? Recon? Recon. Recon Squad, a strange group that has come from a world that lives beyond the Ultra Wormhole. Players will see a story told from a different perspective in each version of the game. With Dulce and Zosi playing a central role in Pokemon Ultra Sun. And Solaria and Fico. Taking the role in Pokemon Ultra Moon, the Ultra Recon Squad brings with them a new Ultra Beast, UB Adhesive, which gets us to our three Ultra Beasts that have been shown. UB Adhesive is a poison-type Pokemon. This Ultra Beast head is filled with venom, and it shoots this venom out from the poisonous needle at top of its head. It's said to be intelligent enough to understand human speech and display many emotions. I don't know if none of these people ever ever seen the anime because every legendary mythical Pokemon seem to understand humans. Uh, in Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, players will be able to meet other new Ultra Beasts in addition to UB Adhesive. In Pokemon Ultra Sun, players will be able to meet UB Burst. In Pokemon Ultra Moon, it will be UB Assembly. UB Burst is a fire slash ghost type Pokemon, or Ultra Beast I should say. Uh, UB Burst has a head made up of a collection of curious sparks, which can be removed and make explode. It tricks the target into letting their guard down with its funny behavior, then when its opponent is close, it surprises them by blowing up its head without warning. UB Assembly- That's certainly surprising. (laughs) UB Assembly is a rock-slash-steel-type Pokemon. This Ultra Beast is a collection of many life forms- while it will appear to be made up of stones stacked on top of one of e- one another, each stone is in fact a separate life, life form. 
When confronting opponents, the eyes on each stone will begin to glow bright red. UB Adhesive knows the ability Beast Boost. It can learn Venoshock and Acid. Go figure. UB, Bo UB Burst has the ability Beast Boost. It can learn a Fire-type special move called Mind Blown, which sacrifices half of its maximum HP to deal damage. And UB Assembly has the ability Beast Boost. It will it can learn Iron Defense, Wide Guard, and Iron Head. Nothing exciting there. Okay, there we go. What are you what are your guys' thoughts? I don't know where to start. People seem to really like UB Adhesive a lot. Adhesive? Yeah. The new one. <laughs> uh so my first reaction, I had a lot of reactions, but my first was that on first so UB burst that typing completely unexpected for me. I thought it was going to be psychic something, not fire, fire ghost. ghost. It's chandelier. That that's it's Alolan Marowak is what it is. <laughs> um, and like and like UB assembly is like wishy washy and uh, well adhesive is its own world, but. What's interesting to me is that these three are all specifically resistant to fairy type. So they're resistant to the tapus. And UB adhesive is like specifically aggressive against the tapus because poison is strong against fairy type. If I remember appropriately, that is how the typing matchups work. But like fire takes reduced damage from fairy type moves and steel is strong against fairy types that's like the first thing that i picked up on these particular ultra beasts here and if they're working in league with the ultra recon squad it's kind of like they knew to bring them because the strongest pokemon in the region were fairy type pokemon does that make sense so if the tapus are defending the islands from ultra beasts these three Ultra Beasts, specifically, are really good against those Guardians. Should, should be, and especially Adhesive, because Adhesive is pure poison. I think an interesting thing as well about Adhesive is, so that is owned, or uh, captured certainly by some of the Ultra Recon squad, but you'll notice that it is actually in a Beast Ball, which doesn't seem very surprising at first, because it is an Ultra Beast, you use the Beast Balls for the Ultra Beasts, but if you remember where the Beast Balls came from, they were made by the Ether Foundation. And I think it was, I think Luker said they cost uh, a million Poké Dollars per ball. Either they have a lot of money and they can buy them off the Ether Foundation. But can anyone, hold on, can I stop you there? Can anyone buy yep. Beast Balls? I didn't think it was like open to the public. I thought they were giving them to you because you've you've proven over the course of the game that you can stop these Pokemon. So that's why they give them to you. Well, sure, but that doesn't mean that they wouldn't sell them to people who had money and had a reason to do it. My response to that, and, you know, conspiracy theories are fine and good, we know that the Ultra Megalopolis is a, another dimension, another world. There's no reason why the timeline of that universe wouldn't have identified the same technology of Beast Balls as the optimal catch mechanism for these particular Ultra Beast slash Pokemon. You know, it's just parallel evolution in two different universes. Doesn't a Master Ball cost like a million Poke Dollars too? Wouldn't you want to buy that instead of a Beast Ball? 
Will a Master Ball work against an Ultra Beast? Yeah, of course it mm. would. I just play. I'm playing through Leaf Green right now, uh, and I just got the Master Ball in Leaf Green, and the president of the Silph Co. says, uh, "I have a lot of money." But uh, I guess he doesn't actually say that the Master Ball is worth a million. He says, I have a lot of money, but this this item here is priceless and then hands you a Master Ball. But I could have swore you could buy Master Balls in other games for a million polka dollars. No, you can only win the Master Balls in the lotteries. Oh, yeah. You can't buy them. Uh, Mega, Megalopolis, there's like a, um, I don't know, like a image flo- floating around that's like your trainer with the Decidueye. There's the four recon squad. One guy's looking really grumpy. Then there's the girl with the red hair who's like waving. She looks very happy. She looks very friendly. Uh, and then there's the Pokemon Go raid stop behind there with all the lights. It looks like you're about to battle Mewtwo on top of there with your raid pass. Well, it looks like a Pokemon gym or a Pokemon Go gym. Let's yeah. put it that way. So I didn't know we were supposed to be surprised by what is at the top of that tower. But now that they've said that in the press release, that makes me think that there's an unrevealed Pokemon that will be there where it's like Necrozma is a darkness thing and then whatever is on top of that tower is a light giving thing. Well, they you said see what that, I'm saying? Yeah. Well, they said Mega Megaopolis has like the light stolen from it, which is what Necrozma does. Necrozma steals light. Yeah, and the Ether Foundation was supposed to be saving Pokemon that had been harmed and protecting the environment, sure. And they were doing that until Lusamine, you know, lost her mind. Uh, <laughs> All right, sure. And became one with Nile Ego. <laughs> no, even before that, her idea of preserving Pokemon was literally like making an aspic out of them and keeping them in jello. Yeah, but didn't Lily say that she wasn't always like that? Yeah. Wasn't it like when her husband, I, I'm, I, I don't know the lore that well, so I'm sure a million people will correct me. Isn't it when uh, Bean Farmer gets sucked into an ultra wormhole and then she like becomes unstable because of that event and that's when she started bio-freezing Pokemon? I'm sure she had the seeds of evil in her before her husband disappeared through a wormhole, <laughs> reappeared on the... Poke Pelago. Everybody in the world knows the dude's hanging out in Poke Pelago, but she like chooses to ignore this fact so she can pursue her evil schemes. Uh, I want to point out that in the trailer, I mean, they can do whatever they want, but it seems like you'll meet the Ultra Recon pretty early in uh, because your trainer is battling with what's the evolved form of Rowlet? I can't remember right now. Dartrix. Dartrix. Oh my gosh. So you see your trainer battling the Ultra Recon with a Dartrix. Uh, and if you look at the background, the battle scene, it, it looks very, very much like being on that very first island. I don't know if they're just like specifically picking that to not give away storyline because you also see uh, UB Burst on that first island, but instead it's battling a Metagross. So again, that uh, ends... That that could be after the fact where UB Burst shows up with the rest of the Ultra Beast. Can I give two guesstimations that I have? Yeah. All right. So my first one, just kind of looking at different trailers that they've had for Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, is that scene where you're at the Ether Foundation and the Ultra Wormhole uh, shows up and Nihiligo comes out of it in Sun and Moon. 
that that is going to be replaced and the ultra wormhole is going to open up and the ultra recon squad is going to come out because they're looking for necrozma and that will be your first introduction to them and my second guesstimation if that is completely wrong is that this is all post game content yes that there will be some changes to the story in the main game but all of the ultra recon squad stuff will be post game yeah i wanted i wanted to bring that up too because uh, we, i was talking to micah about this and he was like I was mentioning all the stuff that they showed in the trailer that was clearly stuff that has already happened story-wise. And he was like, I didn't notice any of that because I was only focused on the new stuff. But there's so much that's exactly the same. Uh, and even Irene was like, is this a sequel? Is, is this a whole new... She's like, what is this? And I was like, it's, it's the same game except there's bonus content at the end and a little bit sprinkled through the center. I think that's the assumption I've come to as well. That it's, if you think about how, for example, Platinum was, it was the same sort of thing. There were a few changes in the actual main story, but it was near the end that you got the majority of the changes. And I think that will probably be what it is, because it looks like, obviously, we're seeing the trainer go through the ultra wormholes on their Sogaleo or Lunala, which obviously you don't get, if we're assuming it's vaguely the same story, you don't get until near the end of the game right yes and in one of the trailers they showed lily with her regular lucimine clothes and she doesn't switch clothes until right before island. right before you get to yeah. the altar of moon or sun or wh wherever you get solgalia or lunala depending on your game even going back to the trailer last week there's the scene with um ace rolla uh where she's telling you to get out which is exactly the same during that Mimikyu trial. There's the Lorantis that sneaks up on you, which is exactly the same as Mallow's trial. What I will say is new is Mina. I couldn't remember her name in Alola Vacation. Mina is standing on top of the giant wishy-washy and waves to you. So I think that is one of the slight differences of... Wait, Lana? Mina, the, art, the, the artist. Oh, yes. But yes, yeah, so she's different because she's going to give you a trial now. She's going to give you a trial this time. I, I'm assuming when you get to, what's the last island called? Pony Island? Pony Island. She'll greet you there. That's what it seems like because she's on top of that wishy-washy. But she actually has a trial this time. It looks like you're actually battling her for the trial because it says like, are you ready to face my trial? And then... uh. A battle starts with her and you see that she has three Pokemon. So I think the trial is literally just battling her. So the one thing I'll disagree with you, though, is I just recently did the ghost type trial in Pokemon Sun. And I don't recall any section where Acerola is like, get out, get out, get out like that. Not sh she was freaked out when you tell her about the secret room in the back and how that's where you encountered Mimikyu. But she was like, oh, you're just making that up. That's a story. And then she was like a little shocked and walked away. But she wasn't like screaming, get out. Something hmm. horrible I'm, is about to happen. I'm pretty sure. Is it not Is it not that Mimikyu tells you to get out at some point in the trial? I, no, the Mimikyu doesn't talk to you. You're right. I don't, well, no, I don't remember not, that not as when well. You're seeing it, not when you're seeing it, but I'm pretty sure you hear that when you're walking through. Maybe I'm misremembering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought she says, get out, get out, get out. And then she's like, I'm just kidding. It's a joke. And then you tell her there's a room. And then she's like, oh, I've never, that, like, that doesn't exist. I thought she was, like, purposely trying to, like, scare you. And then when you tell her about Mimikyu, she's like, what are you talking about? I guess I don't remember that I, well. I don't remember it that well either. Uh, 
So I have a question for you guys. Did you guys watch the trailer that was, I think, only in Japanese? That has a lot of the old key points I was hitting on of like how a lot of things are the same. Well, I just I just found the representation of Necrozma and that to be so incredibly disturbing that I was like, even if this game isn't good, this trailer is amazing because of the way that they put it together. And I like think it's how the best, yeah, the best, how, uh, how nefarious Necrozma looks and, and and what he does, and just like the the starting with the eclipsing of everything, and oh wow. Okay, so the Japanese trailer opens with Necrozma. Okay, and then okay, here's another key point that was uh, was hitting on. Uh, Lily's in her original Lusamine clothes, and you're talking to Professor Kakui exactly how the game, how Sun and Moon originally opened. So that's exactly the same. But what he's saying, or I don't know whether it's what he's saying, but there is, if you watch, there's a subtitled version that someone did in English. He's saying something about it not being the same Alola, you know, or something like that. Oh, really? Uh, we meet, there's then, it goes then to the scene with his wife. I can't remember her name, but uh, again, uh, Mrs. Lil- Kukui. Mrs. Miss Kuk- Mrs. Kukui. Lily and How are there, same exact clothes that they were in before. Did we say if we think the Recon Squad is evil or not? I think they're evil. I was going to say, Will, Will obviously does based on what he was saying about the Tapus. I, I don't yes. know, actually. So I think where the game dramatically changes is at the altar, where instead of Solgaleo or Lunala coming out, Necrozma comes out. I think that's where ultimately the game gets different. Besides like Mantine Surf and the Photo Club, I, those are going to be sprinkled throughout, but if you're looking for like the new story, I think that's where it begins because oh, that's pretty far into the game. Yes. Yeah. Well, just like platinum and like Emerald, the, the story stuff didn't actually happen till the near the end of the game. Yeah. And also, uh, they did show Guzma Guzma. Yeah. They finally showed Guzma, which this is the first time out of every, everything they finally showed team skull. So I'm assuming team skull is going to be exactly the same throughout the entire game. Will, here's what's on top of the, if, if you go to 46 seconds in the trailer, here's what's on top of the uh, Megalopolis. Well, all I could see, it looks kind of like, um, what do I, I want to call it? It kind of looked like the Necrozma, the like eclipse form, solar eclipse, lunar eclipse form of Necrozma. That's what it looked like to me, so I don't know. I don't know, what, I'm like replaying it over and over, it's just like this glowing yellow light with something like black and white moving. Yeah, like the necrozma melding with it or something. Yeah. And if you look if you look to the left of your trailer, there's like it looks like it kind of looks like Tapu Coco. I don't think it is though, like moving back and forth. So so I don't think the the necrozma joining with Sogaleo and Lunala happens at the same place. Uh, it's not in Mag- Megalopolis because if you if you look slightly before, and I think we saw this in a different trailer, you see Necrozma actually attacking Sogaleo or Lunala at the the altar at the of altar, the, yeah. the sun or moon, and then in this trailer, it's then seconds later you're seeing something glowing orb in which I'm assuming is Necrozma in their new form. So I'm guessing it's a you go to the altar of the sun, you encounter your Sogaleo or Lunala, they get attacked by Necrozma, and you have to go to Megalopolis to find them. But how do you get to Megalopolis? Like, it seems like you get to Megalopolis Megalopolis by riding your 
by riding your evolution of Cosmog through the Ultra Wormhole. Maybe not the first time. Maybe that's every other time. So maybe someone comes with a something to get you there in the first place. It's also blurry. But yeah, it's like yellow and black. I'm, I feel like it's just going to be Necrozma up there. Like, like the, the press release makes it seem like you're going to be surprised when you get up there. But it's probably just going to be Necrozma, right? Well, Necrozma and something else. I mean, honestly, it looks like um, white, uh, white Kyurem. Yeah, it does kind of look like White Kyurem. It does look like Kyurem and Necrozma just, like, mashed together. Uh, this is a now, that would be surprising. This is a dumb question. <laughs> I never got Necrozma in Sun and Moon. Where is he? Where is uh, they? Diamond Head? He's, he's on top of a building. No, no, Somewhere. no, Diamond Head. You, you go up to, um, what is the analog for Diamond Head? Dag nabbit. The mountain, you get, you, where you have to go through the cave and then you pop out the top. It's the first place you get the little rock doggy. Oh, wow. Words are hard. Ten point carrot? Ten carrot rock? Carrot, yeah. Ten carrot hill. Ten carrot hill no. is where you get Necrozma? No. Oh, oh yeah, sorry. Gracious. <sighs> yes, I was thinking you originally see them above a building and then it disappears. And you have to go to... So where you get rock ref is where you get Necrozma. Yes. And when, at what point in the game can you get, can you go find Necrozma? You have to finish Uh, all the Ultra Beasts. Yeah. So when you catch the last Ultra Beast, does like Looker tell you about Necrozma? Like, how do you know that he's there? You you come across Necrozma. Like, you see, I'm pretty sure you go to, I can't remember where it is, and I think Looker's there, and you both see Necrozma on top of this building. And then it, he goes away, now, and I so, think Looker says that he's gone to, t- or in the direction of Ten Carat Hill. So, now, you get all the Ultra Beasts, <laughs> you do your final check-in with Looker and okay. the the woman, right? Uh-huh, yeah, the one with the really good and, hair. Yeah, and they say there is one more that has been showing up at Ten Carat Hill, but we don't think it's an Ultra Beast. It's just some other kind of Pokemon, can you check it out? Whoa. Because they know who all the Ultra Beasts are. So wait. So are we never? Isn't Necroz- we never see it on top of the building? I remember seeing Necrozma no, no, no. on top when of the building. No, no, no. When you first meet Mrs. Kukui, and then you walk out, there's an Ultra Wormhole that appears, and that's I think when you see like a Necrozma flash across the sky. But that's like early in the game. That's not at the end of the game. Necrozma isn't an Ultra Beast. This is news to me. <laughs> Necrozma is not an Ultra Beast. Yeah, it's not an Ultra Beast. It's a legendary Pokemon. Correct. So we, I, I know I keep coming back to this, but we don't see Necrozma on top of a building just sitting there. Am I imagining no, this? Does this not happen? you have completely imagined that. I, I remember this happening, but apparently I can't find it. I mean, I also remember Guzzler dropping on the third island, but clearly I'm wrong in this. We have... Thousands of listeners screaming at their iPhones and Android <laughs> devices about how wrong we've been. Hey, it has been almost a year since I've played these games. I've only done everything once, and I haven't even done everything because I'm missing some Ultra Beasts, but my memory is not that great when it comes to a year-old game that I've only played once. Clearly mine isn't either. <laughs> so wait, is there a building <laughs> Yeah, I won't be going to bed till I find this out. <laughs> there, there are there are buildings in Alola. Yes. 
So are we? So we're in agreement that this is indeed because this this has been debate in Slack. This has been debate on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit. This is not a this is not a sequel. This is not black and white two. I've always been behind the the bandwagon that this is not black and white two. This is the same game, except we have a new Necrozma story near the end of the game. I agree to nothing. Like this is platinum and emerald. Except there are two versions. I was very strongly in the camp that it's a sequel um, until I think it was the second last trailer. And then, yeah, I, I think I've seen too much stuff that is exactly the same. And then based on everything that we've seen in the last trailer as well, I think it's, yeah, it's it's a slightly different version. I think it's going to be different enough that makes it definitely worth it. I think so too. But it's not a sequel. It's different enough. But going back to Black and White 2... Like, that game is different right off the bat. I mean, what's his name? Uh, what are their names? Annoying Girl and Stuck Up Guy. Cher and Bianca. They're like four years older right off the bat. <laughs> yes, those are their names. Annoying Girl and Stuck Up Guy. They're actually superheroes. I think that's enough talking about Ultras and Ultramoon. I'm assuming we'll get one or two more things before their release at this point. What do we... There'll probably be like one more Koro Koro. Five weeks out now? Yeah, I think there are two There are two Koro Koros because it normally comes out, what, the 15th of the month? But I don't expect the last one to have any real information in it. The one thing that I want is more Alolan forms, and I don't think we're going to get it. But that's, the, that's my one want. Well, maybe dreams will come true. What, what is your one want for these games based on everything we've seen? They, they've already given me everything I want. It looks very exciting, um, and the trailers have been chilling and just, like, very intriguing, so I'm, I'm ready. Give me my games. That's what I want. I want these other worlds through the Ultra worm, Wormholes not to be disappointing. I feel like they might end up being really small, and I'll be disappointed by that. That's all I want. Just make them a, bit, a decent size. That's all I want. This is what I want. If I travel through a wormhole from Pokemon Moon World to Pokemon Sun World, I want Pokemon Sun version exclusives to be floating around in that Pokemon Sun World and not the same old Pokemon Moon version exclusives that I've been hanging out with. That's what I want. I, I don't think that's happening. <laughs> they, want, they want to sell you two versions of this game, Will. And I will buy, uh, them, buy them, but... <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question. Is Necrozma on top of a building? No. All right. Yes. Good. 50-50. That's how I like this show to go. Uh, let's do... How long have we been running? Let's just do like two emails. We've been running long. You have any emails, you can email us at sbj at pkmncast.com or you can go to pokemonpodcast.com, hit that contact button. Uh, we're just going to do two emails this week, so... Uh, first email is from Brayden from Ohio. Hey guys, uh, I've been a listener for about a year and I am, uh, am loving it. I love what you do and keep it up. Here's my question. I love Mimikyu and got a plush of it. How scary would a real life Mimikyu or Gengar be? I also love Vanillish and Badoof. Badoof is light. Thanks a lot, Brayden. From my perspective, a real-life Gengar would be pretty scary because Gengars like to play tricks on people, and that's, like, all they really care about. A real-life Mimikyu would be super cute because Mimikyu just wants love. Well, a Mimikyu being scary all depends on whether you have a Pikachu or not, doesn't it? Why? Well, because the whole point is that Mimikyu doesn't like Pikachu. 
thinks no. it's too popular. Well, it thinks it's popular, but that doesn't mean it doesn't like it. Maybe it's just maybe en- I'm envious. Maybe I'm taking too much from the anime, but I, I feel like Mimikyu really doesn't like Pikachu. Yeah, that's oh, that, not Alice, correct? I, I don't have cable, so I have not been <laughs> watching the cartoon. I'm only basing things on real canon, which would be the actual game. Mimikyu wants friends. I, I think that Mimikyu would not be scary at all because it wants friends. Let's put it that way. And it does. so you you just like snuggle up with it and just never look under its sheet. <laughs> yeah, never never look under that sheet. That's good advice to live by. Uh, this is from Robert from Clark, South Dakota. Hey, SBJ and crew, thank you for all that you do and keeping Mondays a little less annoying because I get to listen to this wonderful podcast. My question is, having bought Moon, what would you do if you could only buy one of the Ultra games? Would you jump on the new version, i.e. Ultra Sun, or would you double down on the version you already have and get Ultra Moon? Same situation applied when purchasing Black and White 2. You guys are the best. Robert. Uh, My philosophy is to always stay in the same lane. (laughs) Uh, i think i'm also doubling down i have both uh sun and moon i played i've only played sun i never got around to starting my version of moon but i'm gonna double down and i'm gonna start off with uh ultra sun well i when black and white 2 came out i decided to switch and go for white 2 because i had black originally and that backfired because it had they had swapped around the versions exclusives and everything, which I wasn't aware exactly. they were Exactly. Yes. I'm going to do that exact same thing again. <laughs> so I'm enjoy getting... your two Solgaleos. <laughs> well, I'll be buying both of them anyway, but the one I play first will be uh, will be Ultra Moon. Um, but bas- but the difference. Oh, maybe here, I should right, switch because then I can is... get new Lunala. Hmm. Well, well, this is the thing in the on the in Black and White Two, the box legends switched as well. I just didn't notice because you couldn't. It was hard to tell because they were both Kyurem. But in this one, they've not swapped around. So Ultra Sun is still Solgaleo and Ultra Moon is still Lunala. I think so that's my logic. I think you've convinced me to switch. Because then I can get Lunala and the other UBs without actually having to play like three games. I, I would only have to play two games. Uh, well, there's the new uh, version exclusive UB, so you'll have to play uh, all the games. This is the worst. How I mean, dare they people make me will play more trade games? you these Pokemon, you know. I don't, you don't want, have to. I don't want other trainers' names attached to my Pokemon. Wow. <laughs> and that's like the thing I most want to show my bonds of friendship I have with people around the world. And you're like, that's I don't want that. I mean, I don't mind that for like Pidgeys and stuff, but I don't want that for Legendaries or Mythicals. I don't know. I'm weird when it comes to that. Have you got a large Pidgey collection there? <laughs> you, sh- you wouldn't believe how big my Pidgey collection is. <laughs> uh, thank you, everyone, for emailing in. Sorry we haven't done more emails, but, well, let's move on to Pokemon of the Week. All right, our Pokemon of the Week, which we didn't announce at the beginning of the program, is Spiritomb. Because it's and spooky. It's, it's spooky Pokemon month. Uh, Spiritomb's biology. Although lacking a physical body, Spiritomb projects its appearance out of a small rock called the Odd Keystone. The rock is trapezoidal in shape and has two small dots. There is a crack running down the middle, splitting in two near the bottom. The crack, in combination with the two dots, appears to form a frowning face. Spiritomb's projected appearance is an ethereal composition of swirling purple fog. 
Its face is set in the middle of the fog and contains green crescent eyes that are connected to its jagged mouth. Its pupils are composed of a spiral and it's sometimes only seen with one. Swirling around its face are green orbs with yellow centers. Spiritum is formed by the collection of 108 spirits being trapped in an odd keystone due to misdeeds. Some Spiritum are up to 500 years old. As seen in the anime, Spiritum can be just as aggressive and destructive as the spirits that it is composed of. It will lash out at anyone with little thought, often exercising short-sightedness in its pursuit of vengeance. Also known as the Forbidden Pokemon. Uh, no Pokemon Go moveset because Spiritomb doesn't exist in Pokemon Go. Uh, but I, I got some... Yet. I got some trivia for you. Its Diamond, Heart Gold, and Soul Silver Pokedex entry states that it was formed from 108 spirits. Spirit number... Spiritomb's number in the Poke, Sinnoh Pokedex is 108. Its defense and special defense values are 108. And it weighs exactly 108 kilograms. What is that in America? <laughs> uh, it's like 200 238. <laughs> I like how Al knows the conversion better than I do. <laughs> he looked it up. I, I typed it into Google. It's not, not really difficult. All right, all right. You, you, you gave away your... You could have you went on being like, I know the American system off the top of my head. You gave it away. Uh, in Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, it can be found at C. Mallville. Mallville? Yeah, C. Mallville. Uh, which lies on Route 108. All this is based on a number of temptations a person must overcome to reach Nirvana in Buddhism. Huh. That might be one of like the most interesting and well-thought-out pieces of trivia for a single Pokemon that Bulbapedia has ever provided. Prior to the introduction of Fairy-type in Generation 6, Spiritomb was the only one of two Pokemon without weaknesses, without the aid of an ability, along with Sableye. And a shi- shiny spirit tomb has a blue glow instead of a purple glow. Uh, it is a very nice shiny. Yeah, I like it. I want to get one. Did you ever try and get one of these in uh, black and white? Get a spirit tomb? Yeah. Uh, I had one, but I don't remember. Because in black and white, too, I had the complete uh, Pokedex. So, But I don't remember... It was one of the really awkward ones in black and white where you had to talk. Do you remember the person who like phones you every so often? And oh, that's black and white too. Yes. Oh, is it black she, and white too? Yeah, she was. Yeah, you had it, to stand in specific squares, and then she would call you. Yeah, that took a long time. <laughs> uh, speaking of spooky people, do we know anything about in X and Y the like ghost girl that comes into the lab? Nothing has been revealed yet. What? I don't think anything will be revealed. Games oh, like no, fu- it's going to be an Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. Games like fifty years old at this point. No one's figured it out. No one well, has figured so it many, out. There are so many things over the Pokemon games that they just put in there, and you're like, "Oh, that's really exciting. I wonder what's going to be made of this." And then nothing. I want my money back. <laughs> I want all things answered. Uh, all right, let's do some house cleaning. Not a lot of house cleaning, cleaning I suppose. Uh, I, I am still doing Twitch. guess I will keep continue advertising this. Uh, I stream on Monday nights. I stream the Pokemon TCG. All of October is spooky decks. While the decks I'm using are not the greatest, it is very exciting when we win with them because 
Because it is, because they're really bad decks, actually. And uh, quite a treat when we get a victory with them. So every Monday night uh, is TCG on Twitch. Every Thursday night, I stream Monster Hunter with Micah for my other podcast, The Carve, which is a Monster Hunter podcast. And then Friday afternoons uh, is the lunch stream, which I do TCG on as well with more spooky decks for October. And I think Saturday nights have been working really good for Leaf Green, so we're going to continue that on Saturday night, this upcoming Saturday night, where we'll stream some Leaf Green. And I'm trying to fit that in a little bit more, so there might be random bursts of Leaf Green streams because I want to get that game done before Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Otherwise, there's going to be a real problem with my schedule if I don't finish it before then. But I'm at Koga's gym, and I'm at Sabrina's gym. I literally have to walk into both gyms and defeat both of them. So I don't think that's, I don't think that's going to be an issue, actually. More than like... Because after that, you got to get you got to go through Safari Zone. You got to get Strength and Surf. You take that to Cinnabar Island. I don't think there's any loopholes for Blaine. I don't remember. You just walk in and battle Blaine, right? No, you have to go through the the the, the burnt down. Oh yeah, museum, whatever it was. Yeah, to get the key to. But that's not the that, gym. that. That's not too hard. That's no, it's it's not difficult. I can't. I, uh, real talk. This self. The Sylph Corporation Tower, oh my gosh, it's so big. There's 11 floors of trainers. It took two hours to get through that. Giving you content, man. Yeah, I know. They're just laying it on thick with multiple battles against people with coughings and Ekans, and that's it. I don't think there's a gimmick to Giovanni either. I think you just walk into Viridian City and face Giovanni. Yeah, we're, we're getting near the end of that game. But I said the game's going to end when we catch Mewtwo. We still got to do that. <sighs> I think that'll wrap it up for you. So still Twitch. Uh, Al, I can't remember your Twitter handle, so you're going to have to say it. Yeah, if you want to follow me complaining on Twitter, that's YaManicKill. Uh, Will is at WashingTheSink. I am at Dragging the Lake. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Pokemon Podcast. We have a Reddit if you like to Reddit. Reddit.com slash r slash super effective. And we got some exciting stuff coming for Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. We'll probably do a three. We'll probably do that part, uh, gym by or trial by trial series with Micah and Irene. And if you are a Patreon backer, you should be getting a new Alola vacation within the next week or so. I know Irene and I just put one out a couple days ago about episode nine, uh, which is Ash's first trial. Spoiler: Ash does some trials in 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 the anime. But uh, otherwise, this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are Super Puddings. Yeah, because that's different in England too. Our Britain, UK, whatever that language they speak over there. What's a pudding to you then? Portuguese. It's a like a gooey, like kind of wet, but that's all it is. Pudding like, is pudding is like Jello, pudding. except it's chocolate or vanilla. Yeah. Oh, so or like, you like can a get mousse. strawberry.
Well, no, it's no, gooier than that. No, a moose is an that. animal. No, it, but a moose is firm. <laughs> a pudding is like very almost liquidy. Um, but I know you guys mean like cake and anything that's sweet yeah, at the end of the is, meal. Yeah, pudding is anything that's that's sweet at the end of any meal. See, because you're wrong. <laughs> yes, well, we are wrong. It's Super Effective is hosted and produced by me, Steve Black Jr. Logo and artwork for ISC was also created by me. Theme music was by Nicholas Burgess. If you enjoy ISC, consider leaving a review in Apple Podcasts or tell a fellow trainer about us. If you'd like to support ISC, you can do so over at Patreon, patreon.com slash it's super effective. One of my goals in life is to make podcasting my full-time job, and if just half the listeners of ISC donated $1 a month, I could easily make that a reality. For as little as $1 a month, you'll gain access to our Slack community to chat with other listeners of ISC, and for $4 a month, you'll gain access to our bonus anime podcast. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you next week.